I'm Connor Lennon from UN News and you're listening to The Lid Is On. This is the second of our General Assembly specials, covering some of the big themes of the high-level week. Last time we saw how digital technology can make a positive impact on the world. This time around, we're talking about what the UN is doing to be more relevant to young people. And as I no longer really qualify as one, I thought I should get in someone who does. And I'm joined by Tolu Olabumi. Hello, Tolu. Hello. Thank Uh, you so much for having me. You're welcome. Now, although you're young, you've packed a lot into your life. An activist, entrepreneur, you're an advocate for migrants, refugees, much more besides, I'm sure. And uh, well, firstly, what have I missed there? (laughs) <laughs> I think that's a pretty good pretty good summary so far. I'm also a chemical engineer. And right now you're working as an advisor at the UN at our headquarters in New York. What is your role here exactly? I'm an advisor to the Department of Public Information. I'm uh, working with the Outreach Division. I'm primarily tasked with helping to get the UN's message out to young people, so youth engagement, and also focused on getting our message out on migration. How did this role come about? It's actually quite an interesting story. So I, I've, you know, working in global migration and and refugee uh, on refugee issues and displaced people issues. I've been connected with the with the UN for many many years. Uh, but I, I think that was about two years ago. Was asked to join the board of directors of USA for IOM, uh, the UN Migration Agency, and it was through my work with them that I was asked by the director general of the UN Migration Agency to take on the special assignment here at UNHQ. I absolutely believe in global governance and also in just having a space to engage global citizens in a real and concrete way. And the UN has been playing that role for a very long time. It's an important one. And so whatever I can do to support this necessary work, uh, I'd absolutely do it. Well, you clearly get the value of what the UN's doing. But it seems there is a there is an image problem. The UN has realized it needs to be more relevant to the next generation. Uh, the Security General made this a key topic of this year's General Assembly high-level week. Well, first of all, let's hear from him and some of the senior UN figures involved in the launch of Youth 2030. It is a rare treat to see so many young people at the United Nations. Unfortunately, far too rare. Our world today is very young, home to 1.8 billion young people between the ages of 10 and 24, the largest young generation in history. And today's young people face enormous challenges due to globalization, new technologies, displacement, shrinking civil space, changing labor markets, the impacts of climate change. More than one-fifth of young people are not in employment, education, or training. And at least one in four is affected by violence or armed conflict in some way. Millions of girls become mothers where they are still children, affecting their health and entrenching a cycle of poverty. At the same time, young people are a vast source of innovation, ideas, and solutions. And they are pushing strongly for the changes we need in the technology arena, in climate action, and in calling for inclusive and just societies. We need young people to lead. The strategy aims to 
reset and reorient the UN system's work for young people. So we are trying to shake the foundations of the United Nations a little bit to be more inclusive, to be more open, to make our decision-making tables a little bit bigger, to accommodate the voices of young people from all parts of the world. So the UN aspires to be a leadership example, an accountability example, an innovation pioneer, and, um, and a home for young people from all parts of the world. This initiative goes a long way to mainstreaming what youth need to do in every aspect of the challenges that we have, but also in enhancing the opportunities. So I think youth are definitely on the agenda. Again, the same question is how far have we gone? We've just begun that journey. I'm very optimistic. I think that with the reforms, we are going to see much more of what we do to garner these, these assets at the country level in new partnerships and make it work. Youth is the you in UNFPA. The reason that we say that is that a quarter of the world's population, I believe, is in very good hands if young people are equipped with information and data to help shape policy, which is going to affect the theme of leaving no one left behind, which is what the Sustainable Development Goals are all about. So how do we find someone who is in danger of being left behind? I'm disabled, I live in an island community, I've been ravaged by earthquake, conflict, whatever it is, for you guys to figure that out, our commitment is to ensure that there is data available to you for evidence and also that we support the sexual and reproductive health and rights of everyone, in particular, the girls of the world. That was UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, his Special Envoy on Youth, Jayath Bawirik Ramaniaki. Amina Mohammed, the Deputy Secretary General, and finally Natalia Khanum, the Executive Director of the UN Population Fund, or UNFPA. Well, Tolu, this is all recent memory for you. You took part and spoke at the launch of Youth 2030. Well, first of all, what was your role? I had the incredible privilege of serving as an MC for the event. You know, I've had uh, the just the great honor of working very closely with the Youth Envoy's Office uh, on the programmatic aspects of, uh, of the strategy uh, and then thinking through the launch uh, and, and what it would look like. And because of my work in uh, empowering young people and really helping to leverage the voices of young people in achieving change in the world, I, would ask, I was asked if I would serve as, as an MC at the event. And what was the message that you wanted to get across to the people? There were lots of young people there, of course. Yes. Yes. I think for me, the biggest message was really, uh, you know, around empowerment and, and helping young people around the world understand that we are throwing the doors of the UN open. This is not an ivory tower. This is not removed from your daily. This place is not removed from your daily life. There is an opportunity right now to do all that you can in conjunction with the work that the UN is doing. And my goal in, in that role was to show some young girl or boy out there who needed to understand and believe that their dreams are valid, that if I could be standing in, in that room with all of those people, with the Secretary General, um, with heads of states, queens, princes, and you know these incredible, incredible young people that are also in the room that have been doing amazing work around the globe on the SDGs, uh, that they can be there too. But the SG, the Secretary General, did acknowledge that the UN can do a lot more to engage people when he was at the launch of the 2030 strategy. You know, we've just used some acronyms just there, the SG. So would you agree that change needs to happen? inside as well. Absolutely. I, I think that there is a language that 
we often speak in different industries, right? If you're in business, there's a language that you speak that those that are not in your industry might not understand. Uh, same with the United Nations. There is a language that we speak internally uh, that people might not understand. Like when you say member states, uh, the general public is like, what's a member state? It's just a country. <laughs> you know, so there are little things like that where when we are communicating our message uh, to out to, to young people and, and to the general public, making sure that it's understandable. When I first started here a few months ago, I remember going into meetings and there are all these acronyms being thrown about. And and then I'd get looked at, it's like, okay, so you understand. I'm like, yes, uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. <laughs> it's like, that's basically what I've heard you say. It's just a bunch of letters. I don't know what they mean. Uh, so even though the shorthand is effective for our work, when we are going beyond our, our little walls in, here in the UN, whether it's here uh, speaking uh, on, on UN radio or it is speaking at an event or writing a press release and sharing any outward facing element of our work, we need to be aware of the fact that our language, though unique and important to us in doing our work, does not always translate to those that we are looking to communicate effectively to. Well, let's See if we can at least avoid any more acronyms to the end of this podcast. I will do my very best. Right. Well, as I said, there were many extraordinary young people from all over the world. And I spoke to some of them, the, the young leaders chosen by the UN as champions of the Sustainable Development Goals. This is a project led by Jiathma Wirkmanayaki and the Office of the Secretary General's Special Envoy on Youth. Let's have a listen. I'm Joanne Bewa. I'm from Benin. I'm a physician, a researcher and an activist. I'm passionate about making sure that young people are involved in policy making. That's the reason why I founded eight years ago a youth platform that is called the Young Beninese Leaders Association that started working in Benin and building partnership across the world. Well, how does someone so young get involved in policy making? I saw inequalities around me in the world and I started questioning why there are this kind of inequality. Why can't people have access to healthcare as a basic human right? Why can't girls and boys all go to school without discrimination? And that's how I started advocacy. But more personally, at 12, my best friend had an unattended pregnancy and did abortion and died. Then my focus on becoming a physician and advocacy for girls, reported health started to emerge. And I think there is still a little bit more work to do to make sure that young people are involved in policy making by equipping them, but also allowing and creating access to opportunities to make their voices heard. Because they are, they are, we are doing a lot of great innovative stuff in our community. My name is Charles Emmanuel Akimian. I am a medical doctor, but more importantly, I run a a mobile health company. So the company is called Mobicure and what we're doing is we are really using mobile technology to solve some of the biggest um, um, health issues, particularly related to maternal and child health and sexual and reproductive health. So we built um, mobile apps that's basically providing um, more than 45,000 people across Africa with life-saving information on maternal and child health and sexual and reproductive health. How did you get started? I was dissatisfied with the medical practice. So I got my friend together and we decided to really start this social enterprise because we felt that we would make more of a difference, you know, using technology. I mean, technology in Nigeria is very huge. We have 103 million internet users in a developing country, you know, which is, which is huge. So we started with a crazy idea 
that we could change our country and the rest of Africa and that, that's, how, that's how it is. And what did you know about the UN before you got involved with us? As a young person and, and as a Nigerian young person, you see this UN as this really big, you know, organization. It's really out of touch with reality. You know, you think that they, they don't really, they just bring out policies, but they don't really interact with who the policies affect. But, you know, um, but by being here, the fact that they're now recognizing young people more and more, recognizing people from, you know, the developing world more and more, it, it, it brings the UN home. So I, I, I now can see that the UN is more, you know, it's more and more in touch with reality, which is, which is really important. My name is Madel Kanga. I'm from Cameroon. I currently have two organizations. My passion is education, and it's really all about, I work in Cameroon and Togo, and I'm trying to expand across Africa to ensure equitable and inclusive quality education for young people because I believe that's very important and my main focus is how do I embed entrepreneurship in secondary schools and we bring our curriculum and the young people learn it as, you know, learn it as part of their curriculum. We reach over 2,500 young people with that program. What to you does the UN represent? To me the UN represents um, an organization that has a lot of potential to promote change, to help us keep our governments accountable help us make our voices heard. That's what I see the UN as. My name is Mohamed Berry. I'm from the Gambia. I come from one of the poorest countries in the world and I know what it feels like to not access better health care or to live in a country where the infrastructure doesn't really match the needs of, of a changing demographic or of a changing population. And, and I think it's critical uh, that we're able to advance universal health care coverage. In my work as an individual, I work for the HIV Young Leaders Fund as a chairperson of the board. And what we really want to do is to end AIDS by 2030. And this also includes strengthening the gains that, are, that have been made over the past 40 years in terms of strengthening health care to achieve universal health care coverage. Do you think the UN is doing enough? Could it do more to be more relevant to young people? I am an idealist. I love to have a world where all suffering is alleviated. And I think the United Nations has a capacity to improve its role across the globe. That's why we're getting engaged to see how best we can bring our ideas from outside into the, into the whole mechanism to make it work better for everyone. Some of the enthusiastic, inspirational young people who came along to UN headquarters for the high-level week of the General Assembly, chosen by the UN as champions of the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, you met some of these young people. Were you impressed? Absolutely. Every single one of them is just incredible in the work that they've already been able to do being so young. I love the fact that there is this connection between all of them, which is a based in questioning the default. Um, and they are crazy enough to think that they can actually change the world. And we all know those that are crazy enough to think they can change the world are those that actually do. One of the young people that I've, I've known for, for many years and I've had the pleasure of working with is Ahmed Bada, who is a former Iraqi refugee, uh, just an incredible, incredible young man who has uh, built a platform that uh, empowers young people through creative expression. And I think that is so important in our world today where a lot of times when young people are going through so much devastation, there aren't opportunities for them to express themselves effectively and not just expression for the sake of expression, but expression for the sake of 
changing the status quo. They've all been just incredibly impressive, and I look forward to seeing the work that they'll be able to do over the next two years with the backing of the UN. And one project has already come out of Youth 2030. That was Generation Unlimited. Yes, so Generation Unlimited is one of the very first actions of Youth 2030. Uh, It is a UNICEF-led initiative that is focused on making sure that every young person has access to a good education, making sure that they are skilled and that they have access to jobs. I really think that the best possible outcome of a well-educated mind is a liberated imagination. And that's simply a mind that regurgitates knowledge, but one that actually takes the known builds on the known and makes essentially the previously unimaginable inevitable. And that is really the power of Generation Unlimited. That is the power of what we're trying to build here. And it's certainly something we need. Tolu, thank you very much for coming in to talk to me about all the subjects surrounding the UN, its engagement with youth. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Last question, what's next for you? Back to chemical engineering? (laughs) Who knows? Uh, You know, as as we've come to, to learn from the work that we're doing from the ambitious sustainable development goals, Every door is open, Anything's right? Possible. Anything is possible. And we need that kind of boldness that can only lead to greatness. So I am excited to see what lies next, not just here with my work at the UN, but my work globally. Tolu, thank you. Thank you.